This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, a pause to proceedings across the major leagues across the globe, but for betters, a different challenge as the action doesn't stop with the key games in Euro 2024 qualifiers, World Cup qualifiers in South America and prestige friendlies all coming away. The card is long and diverse. Welcome along to Betting Weekly Extra Time International Edition. You're with myself, Dan Robert, plus senior handicapper Steve Wiss and French football journalist and scout James Easton. Steve, uh, we've got to reset, really, haven't we? Because when it comes to the national team games, we haven't got that very recent form uh, available. And when we're getting to the business end, the qualification is we are in Europe. There are some nations that have got plenty to play for and others that have got absolutely nothing to play for. Uh, good day to you, Dan, and James as well. You're right, it's a, a reset is kind of needed with, you, with your mindset here. Uh, I've seen a lot of tweets today about international breaks. Oh, what a terrible time for them. Club football, we want it back. Let's play all these international qualifiers in like a five or six week spell. Um, I don't know how I feel about it really, but I, I, I kind of use these breaks to recharge a bit myself from the domestic action and we it's like you know and the sort of uh, in the betting world you need plenty of strings to your bow and i guess this is a different sort of string um that i've got to be ready for so um i think i kind of quite embrace these international breaks now and look forward to i mean at the end of the day betting's betting but um i quite enjoy the challenge of uh, you know the research and um and a different type of football done uh james you're going to preview netherlands france for us amongst others um, when I look at the club fixtures, I take note of missing players. It seems to be key, but not so much at international level. The Dutch are missing players uh, for this game, as they were for the reverse fixture as well. I mean, maybe I should take more of an interest in when the squads are announced. I just think sometimes with the bigger nations, I just assume that there's strength in depth. And when a midfielder drops out, there's another good one coming in. Should I be looking a little closer to when the squads are announced and who's missing and who isn't? I think we both probably should, Dan, because I'm the same as you. I don't tend to take a great deal of notice of that type of thing. Although the game I'll be looking at, Netherlands versus France, I, I think it is actually a factor when you look at some of the names that are missing for the Netherlands. And France also have players missing. We'll come on to that. But like you say, those top nations have got such fantastic strength in depth uh, that they should be able to cope. And I think France are one of those during this international break that should be able to cope with the players that they've got missing. Steve, your thoughts on this? I mean, I sometimes look at squads when they're announced and I'll see four or five or six uncapped players at this stage for a lesser nation who can't qualify. And I'm thinking, hang on, is that the, the coach of that nation bringing in players with no experience because it doesn't really matter and he can blood them in certain games? And should I take a bit more notice of things like that when I'm trying to formulate a bet? 
I think you make a very interesting point here, Dan, because when you think about it at major tournaments, the first thing everyone's thinking about and talking about is team news. You know, has he got a little niggle even here and there? But in these qualifiers, I think I am the same as you two. I've, um, I'm not saying I get sloppy. It's just really hard to keep up to date with all these squads that come out. And I also think some nations are really uh, keep their cards close to their chest. They don't want to give much away. And um, yes, certain things can slip through because it's just there's so much information out there. It's quite easy to miss things. I nearly missed a really obvious one in a bet that I was, I'm going to talk about later. Um, and I was like, how the hell did I miss that? But it, it can happen. So um, it, it's really challenging for, for the better if you want to go as in-depth as you normally do. So you've got to adapt a little bit. Always in depth uh, from yourself, Steve, and from James as well when it comes to our previews on Betting Weekly. Let's kick off some previews, shall we? We've got European qualifiers. We've got uh, South American World Cup qualifiers. We've got some friendlies as well that we're going to get some opinion on. We're going to kick off, Steve, uh, with your play in the Cyprus-Norway game. This is Thursday, 2.45 Eastern, uh, Group A of Euro 2024 qualifiers. Cyprus have been terrible, five losses from their five games. Uh, this is a game that Norway have got to win, but it's been priced accordingly, Steve. They are um, minus 900, uh, no, minus 400, beg your pardon, Cyprus plus 900 on the money line. What are your thoughts here? Well, before I go into this game, I just want to say to everyone, I will not be getting involved with Armenia during this international break. They are out of the window, not getting involved with those guys again. Um, so I'll stick with uh, with this, some nations that I'm more familiar with. Cyprus against Norway. And the bet I like is actually over 2.75 goals. Now, it's actually minus 120 now with Bet Rivers. And this is a line which is shortening up as the days go on. So get on this quickly because I think the goal line will kick off at three. Um, it might even be minus money over three goals because the sim- you're right what you say. Cyprus are terrible. This is a, a side now ranked 120th in the world, which seems astronomically low for a team that I think sometimes has had a reputation of being a bit of a challenging nation to play against. But actually, it's a dead easy place to go now. Teams enjoy going to Cyprus. The I think Cypriot clubs are... It, it can be... Look, Rangers found out, didn't they, the, the other week in Europe. But a lot of the answer there is that the uh, international players, of course, are involved with the clubs. The actual Cypriot players are not that good. You know, I looked at the men's rankings. There's teams like Curaçao... India, Thailand, North Korea, they're ranked better than Cyprus now. And um, Norway should comfortably beat them. And it was basically a decision whether I wanted to take Norway on the handicap, the minus 1.75 or minus 2 Asian handicap, or the or I wanted to be on the goals. And I want the goals because this I've said before on this show that the weakness of Norway is in defence, is with the goalkeeper. They have a, a, an awful knack of conceding goals. In the reverse fixture, they concede in the 93rd minute. And that was the difference between covering and not covering on the minus two and a half Asian handicap line. It was also the difference between um, the over three and a half line cashing or not. So I'd rather be with the goals. I think Norway can cover this on their own. Haaland is not having a great time of it of late. And I I think he might be a bit angry and um, he might take it out on Cyprus here. Um, It could be awful, actually, for them. Um, This could be an absolute beating. Norway have to win the game. I think they are heading towards playoffs if they can even get in them. Scotland and Spain have done a job on them here, but um, they absolutely just need to keep the pressure on as much as they can. I think we're looking at a blowout away victory, but just in case they were to have a sloppy moment at the back and concede a goal, we've got the 2-1 win on our side. We've got the 3-1 win on our side. So over 2.75 
goals minus 120. That's the current price. It could get shorter. And if you've been playing that bet for both Cyprus and Norway, you've cashed more often than not the pair. Norway plus 450 to make the top uh, two. It seems unlikely, doesn't it, Steve, given the state of the group with, with Spain and Scotland. Scotland are almost there, aren't they? Norway, for Norway to qualify automatically now, they need Scotland to do them a favour. They need Scotland to go and beat Spain away from home. Um, because even if Nor- Norway win all the remaining games, it's not enough if Spain were to to outmatch them. So I don't see it. Now, I don't know the, the, the ins and outs of the playoffs and stuff, but really Norway need to get to a major tournament sooner or later, don't they? Because some of these top players, these world-class players, um, don't want to be sidelined um, when these big FIFA and Euro, Euro events are going on. So, uh, yeah, it, it might be another... They've got to wait another two years. We don't know, Dan. But... Um, it's sooner or later this golden generation will fire. Uh, Netherlands, France, the next week. And look at James's previewed this one, as we mentioned previously. Uh, Netherlands are plus 235. They have drifted uh, with France plus uh, 115. They are getting shorter towards even money. The draw at the moment plus 250 uh, over and under is a, is a pick em contest, pretty much. This is Group B. Um, it is the top two, James. Uh, a win for France will see them qualify. Uh, we've alluded to it already. There are injury issues for the Dutch, but you briefly mentioned before that there's problems for France as well. Uh, just talk us through the injury news first up before we get your bet. Yeah, injury news on both sides here, Dan. I think more important and more serious for the Dutch than the French, actually. So players missing for Netherlands here. Uh, De Jong, Delight, uh, Cody Gakpo and Memphis Depay. Now, we talked at the start of the show there about the ability of the big nations to cover. When they've got players out, I'm not sure the Netherlands can cover for that, actually. That is four big players uh, they've got missing. Obviously, they've got other good players in their squad, but those are four really, really big losses. So I think they're going to struggle. France do have a couple of players missing. Um, Jules Koundé. Um, has been ruled out, which I personally think is a good thing. If someone can tell me why he is the number one right back for France, that would be great. I've got no idea. And um, and they got problems at centre back because Dyer Upper Meccano is out, as his is as is his uh, first choice understudy in William Saliba. But France have got such strength in depth at centre back. I think they'll be able to cope with that. So yeah, that's the injury news. Both teams weakened, but certainly the Netherlands are more affected. By that, well, and I think you know, I think that's going to be too much for them to cope with. Yeah, won the reverse fixture four nil. A few of the Dutch players were ill that day. You are going with with a French again here, but a bit of a caveat. Talk us through your play. Yeah, so I'm going with France here on the Asian handicap, Dan. Now I picked them France uh, zero Asian handicap, which would mean you get your stakes back if the game ends in a draw, and then you get a win if France win the game. However, the price has changed so much now. <laughs> On this, you may not really fancy it anymore. So I saw it at about 118, minus 118, I should say. It's drifted to about minus 180 now. Uh, it's one eight, minus 186 with with Bet Rivers. I think there are still a few prices out there a little bit more attractive than that. So you may have to look at backing France here, minus 0.25 on the Asian handicap. With that, you're going to get around minus 120. Honestly, I wouldn't talk anybody out of that because I think France have got enough here to win the game. If they were to win the game with a minus 0.25 start on the Asian handicap, then you're going to have a winning bet. I just feel, Dan, that there's too much uh, quality in this France side uh, to not win the game here, really. You know, they've got five wins out of five in the group so far. They've yet to concede a goal. 
and they're focused. You know, they want to get the win here to qualify. They want to do it as quickly as they can. And you're right, you know, when they beat Netherlands 4-0 earlier in the year, there were illness problems in the Dutch camp. But I still think there's too much quality, really, in this France side. So I think if it was a match-up 50-50, in terms of both teams being at full strength, and you look at it that way, probably the prices here would be slightly wrong. But I think with those injuries that the Dutch are dealing with, I really fancy France here to to get the three points. Uh, Look, we're recording Monday night um, European time. Um, I asked for your picks sort of Sunday night, and I'll ask this to both of you, James, first. I mean, there's been wild price changes on both yourself and Steve's first pick of these Euro qualifiers. Is this simply team news, and do you think it's going to calm down from here to kick off to the prices that that the listeners and viewers see at the moment should be okay? Is, Is it a reaction to literally squads being announced and off the back of weekend European fixtures, or do we expect even bigger changes to come before we get these games underway. Are we talking Thursday and for your game Friday? I think it's I think it is that. I think also, Dan, it's it's some of the market makers really honestly not being sure early on. I think, you know, the prices for these games, they have gone up very early, five or six days before the games are taking place in some cases. I think sometimes maybe they don't have all the factors when they put the prices up and then they, you know, they're willing to take that risk. And then they'll adjust, you know, comparing to each other and as the news filters through. So I wouldn't rule out more changes. Obviously, the price on France here has got a lot, lot shorter. Maybe it will go out the other way. I mean, there's no reason at the moment why it should, but we've still got three or four get four days to go. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more price changes on this match and on some of the others. Yeah, but it's, it's important, though, and, and, and James has, has suggested, look, y- you can go a little bit further. You want to play, you know, minus a quarter. And Steve, same for you as well. Look, we know that the price has changed for that overs um, game for Norway. But I, I think listeners and viewers sometimes, I know we get sometimes we get a little bit of stick on Twitter about prices, but, but sometimes you've got to read between the lines. And yourself and James and all of our handicappers, you know, a lot of the times it just, look, we know the price might change. And when it's a little bit, you know, betting in the dark to a certain extent, when it comes to these international games, you can say, look, you can take a little bit of a different line. It's really challenging because we, you know, to produce these videos and these uh, productions, then we've got to put picks uh, on, on say, a certain night and then they can change during the day and then they can change again before they're actually going up live on YouTube or on, on your podcast provider, unless you're doing a live show. Shout out to the live show yesterday. Me and James did, by the way, with some great content there for anyone interested. Um, then, yet, yeah, look, these prices can change. And then you've got to use your common sense a bit. And that's why I will sometimes say on a pick, you know, if, if it's a skinny minus 0.25 line, you might have to go on the money line, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got to sort of adapt um, because these markets are not very stable in international football um, for whatever reason. Let's get some picks on some World Cup qualifiers. Steve, you're going to go back-to-back for us here. We're talking South American World Cup qualifiers. It's crazy that we're thinking about 2026, but that's what we are thinking about. We've got Colombia, Uruguay and Bolivia, Ecuador. Both Thursday, first of all, the 4.30 Eastern game, which is Colombia, Uruguay. Colombia plus 105, Uruguay plus 275 here. I mean, this is Bielsa ball. Are we going over, Steve, here? Talk us through your play. Yeah, this is going to be a play on pretty much every show because <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely convinced. But at some stage, the price the price is going to tell you not to do it. But at the moment, you're happy. <laughs> yeah, because I'm going over 2.25 goals again, uh, minus uh, 113. And if you back over 2.25 goals in every Uruguay game in this in this uh, South American qualifiers, I am personally convinced that you will make profit. Now, of course, 
you're right, the, the 2.2 fly five line isn't always going to be around, and, and that's when decisions have got to be made. But um, you know, this is a really interesting qualifying section now. They've because of the increase in teams in World Cups, six of the South American teams will be automatically at the World Cup. Seventh place gets into a playoff. Don't ask me what team they'd be facing because there's all sorts of permutations, isn't there, for that. But, you know, seven out of the ten teams could be qualifying. And that really opens doors for a lot of these other nations down there. Uh, we're going to talk about Bolivia soon. But Colombia missed out on the last World Cup. And that that would have been a big surprise to a lot of people. But they would have qualified if it was under the current system automatically. So, there, look, Colombia over the last decade or two have generally been one of the top five, six sides in South America. And um, uh, I've probably seen them less than a lot of other nations. So I did my research. They've got an Argentinian manager right now, Nestor Lorenzo. I don't know a lot about him, to be honest. He's not been in the job that long, um, just over a year. But uh, his results have been solid so far. 1-0 win against Venezuela and then 0-0 draw against Chile. Now, I think this side is probably more geared up for defensive football. But Bielsa, we know what he's like. He, he challenges teams to to dance with him and, and go in this sort of end-to-end football. And games just go crazy. Marcelo Bielsa, unlike a lot of teams in South America, will try and win every game. A draw, he will not accept a draw. He never will. It's not his style. So even if... It logically makes sense. You take a draw at a tough place. He won't be doing that. He'll be looking to win all out right until the end. And that is why I like betting on the overs with Marcelo Bielsa team. Just watch historically all of his sides. If you watch the first two Uruguay games um, that he's been in charge of them, then you know this is a side that you've got to be getting on the overs. So the 2.25 line is one of my favourite lines in football. And, um, you know, I've not been able to use it much this this year, Dan, on the shows because I've been able to hoover up on these higher goal lines in like Germany and places. But 2.25 Asian line for goals is my favourite because you get only a half loss if there's two goals exactly. And history and logic always suggest in the South American qualifiers, you want the one-all draw on your side for some sort of insurance, whatever way, because one-all draw in these qualifiers is never that bad a result. So um, overall, very, very happy with this price considering who's involved. A little bit concerned Colombia might be the spanner in the works defensively but Bielsa will force them into a shootout. Okay, that's uh, Colombia, Uruguay. What about Bolivia, Ecuador? Now, Ecuador here a minus money favourites which does not fit the usual narrative about going to Bolivia and it being almost impossible to win. Um Talk us through you can say play. it, Dan. You can say it. Even <laughs> yeah, you can not, say the words. I'm not saying it. I'm not going down. I'm not going down the route. I'll let, I'll let you preview it and tell us why it's not a thing this time around. I mean, should should Ecuador be the favourites here? Yes, they should because uh, <laughs> um, Bolivia. It's a terrible. Yes, you can say. I'm not saying. Well, it this can't is... be. It can't be a tough place to go if Ecuador are minus one twenty-five, unless they're world beaters. I don't know. Maybe they are. It is a tough place to go physically. <laughs> Where's my no yellow card? That. No doubt about that. I mean, look, this is uh, the stadium. Uh, I forget what it's called. Estadio Hernando Siles. This is in La Paz. Is, pronounce it. It. is it in La Paz? In La Paz. Yeah, it's the um, it's on the moon. So apparently, it's that eleven thousand eleven thousand nine hundred thirty-two feet above sea level this is 3600 meters high it's the highest capital city in the world uh with over a million people in it and um look we've seen stories before here fifa tried to get this stadium banned 
we've saw we've seen pictures of uh, opposition players having oxygen masks on them um, because the altitude is is a thing here. But the problem is Bolivia are not making the most of it because they're not a very good side. However, I do wonder now with this new qualifying system, surely it's going to give them more of an incentive to try and get in the top seven. And, and I tell you what, you know, I'm going to make a prediction here. in the next 20 years. We're going to see Bolivia at a World Cup. It's only happened once in in our lifetime. I can't remember it. I'm too young to remember the 1994 World Cup. 94, down, yeah, um, I remember it well. Yeah. You, you guys will remember that. Played you? the opening but, um, game, didn't they, against Germany? Or, did they? Open, yeah. I think so. Opening weekend, yeah, was it? Yeah, sounds about right. Was that the is it Echeverry? Was he the Bolivian? That's right. Yeah. That's how hard yeah. it is to yeah. qualify from, from South America, or was. It might be easier now. They've had a tough start to this campaign. They've lost against uh, Brazil and Argentina. Let's not hold that against them. The bet I like is over 2.5 goals. Simple terms, 17 of their last 20 matches in the World Cup qualifiers have, have ended over two and a half. And only um and the other two of the other three ended one all. Now I'm gonna be taking the over two point two five goal line again, which gives them security if exactly two goals are scored. This is a must win game for both. Ecuador did win against Uruguay, but they've they've had three points deducted in this section. I don't actually know what for. Um but they look you can't drop points against Bolivia if you want to qualify for a World Cup. So that's what I like about this. Both teams are going to be going out all out for the win because a draw doesn't really suit either of them. So I think it could be quite an attacking game. I've seen these matches before. You know, this lack of oxygen can do strange things to players, mistakes. And um, Ecuador have a good record here, possibly because they're used to altitude themselves, their own capital city. Quito is pretty high as well. I don't think they're going to be... It's not like when Argentina or Brazil sometimes come here and struggle. Should be a lot of goals. Should be an offensive game, Dan, because of the prize at stake to get the three points in this in this section. But uh, yeah, in, intriguing. I, I mean, I've never ever been anywhere that high in my life, so I can't imagine what it's like. Over two point two five goals, but minus one twenty five. Isn't there a story about Diego Maradona when he was in charge of Argentina and he and he decided to fly his squad in the day of the game? He thought, I'm not going to have anything to do with this altitude nonsense because I'm just going to fly him straight in. Get them on the air canister straight away. Get them on the pitch and fly them back out again. I think we've got Amla. Did they lose that six <laughs> one? Because they beat Argentina six one yeah, um, in the last decade. People will have to Google it. It's an in- incredible story, but sort of typical Diego of uh, when he was in charge of the national team. Uh, we've got a couple of friendlies and talk about you know sort of tough places to go, tough tough matches to 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 tip in. Well, James, you've got two friendlies. Just just on that, I mean, are you targeting friendlies because? You like friendlies or you're targeting these two games because there's value in these two games? This is England, Australia and USA, Germany. Yeah, very much the second of those two points, Dan. It's specifically because of these games because, you know, a lot of people would advise you leave the friendlies alone. We don't quite know what's going to happen. I do tend to normally take that approach myself, actually. But looking through the prices on these two matches, I thought there were opportunities here. And they're obviously high profile games with uh, England, USA, Germany, Australia being the four teams involved here. So, yeah, unusually for me, I'm quite interested in in, in the friendlies here because I, I think they offer some good opportunities. And the first one here is England, Australia, and it's the player markets. Dan, I'm back in Jude Bellingham here uh, in the anytime goal scorer market. Now, as with some of the other prices, he's also moved. He's got shorter. He was plus 275 when I saw him 24 hours ago, and he's now come into 220. 
This is to score, at, to score at any time. To score at any time in the game. But I'd still be willing to take Jude Bellingham here. And the main reason, uh, Dan, that I think Bellingham's worth taking is actually where he sits in the pecking order of England goal scorers um, on the market because I think he's just ranked far too low. With most of the bookmakers, there are six or seven England players who the bookmakers say have got a better chance of scoring in this game. And I think, you know, given the way Bellingham's playing for Real Madrid this season, um, that makes no sense at all. Harry Kane's obviously shorter price than Bellingham to score, makes perfect sense. But he's the same price with some of the bookmakers as James Madison, as Phil Foden, as Jack Grealish. You know, what we're seeing from Bellingham this season at Real Madrid suggests that he should be a shorter price now than those guys. He's got eight goals in eight games in the league for Real Madrid. He's got a couple of goals in the Champions League for Real Madrid. So you know, you've got a player here who's into double figures for goals at club level already. I think he should be shorter odds. Now, the question is, are England going to use him the same way that Real Madrid use him, which is effectively as a number 10 with a brief to get in the box, to get into goal scoring positions, to get on the end of things? The answer to that at the moment, we don't really know. But um, Steve and I were talking about this on the reaction show at the weekend. I think what Real Madrid have done is they, they put down a marker here for England and said, you know, we are creating for you a world-class midfielder slash goal scorer. Go and do something with him. So it'll be interesting to see how Gareth Southgate handles that. He may not play in quite as an advanced role for England as he has been doing for Real Madrid. But he is in great scoring form. So for me, his price is too big. Even at 220 plus 220, I would be taking that on Jude Bellingham to score any time in this friendly against Australia. I guess the point here as well is that if he is going to try him a little bit further up and Gareth Southgate is a little bit safety first, as everybody knows, it's maybe more likely to be in a friendly than a competitive game, perhaps, James? You would think so. And I think, you know, now is the time to do it because, you know, he's in this position at the moment and playing so well for Real Madrid. So, yeah, it's a it's a challenge because, you know, they're not the same team. England and Real Madrid do not play in the same way. They don't have uh, the same players around him. So it doesn't necessarily follow that because he is playing like that in that position for Real Madrid, Southgate should do exactly the same thing. But yeah, if he is going to try him, as a sort of an advanced midfielder, as a number 10, you would think a friendly like this would be a good opportunity. So, and yeah, it's just a question of form as well. Even if he started in a midfield three for England, he's in great scoring form. So I think at the moment, it's a good time to back Bellingham. And I think at home against a weaker international side, I think that price of plus 220 is, is well worth taking. Uh, England are minus 420 to win the game. Incidentally, Australia plus 1,000, uh, the tie plus 500. This is a game that's uh, Friday, 2.45 Eastern. Very quickly, I've got a Steve. question Go on. for both of you. Go on. Right, see if either of you can guess what the official FIFA world ranking for Australia is, how high they are in the world. Oh, this is interesting, isn't it? Because it's tricky. I, I want to say 29. I, I'm going to say I want to say low, but off the back of World Cup performances, it might be yeah. higher than I think. Uh, yeah, maybe something like 23 or something. I don't know. Do you know what? You boys are good. Um, 27. Yeah. Which, that might be surprisingly high to a lot. I mean, yeah. they're higher than the likes of Poland, Scotland, Wales, you know, 
decent Egypt. Uh, it's just off the back I... of the World Cup, and there's a bit of recency bias there. Mm. I would, I, I, I presume they've they might not have played a competitive game since the World Cup. I don't know. Is I don't Asian, know are the Asian qualifiers rankings. at the moment? I don't know because in my mind, they're they're a nation that should be outside the top fifty. I agree. Yeah, it feels um, like they're sort of limited, sort of forty plus sort of thing. But yeah. these, this is where these rankings can be a bit very confusing. I don't it, even know it, how they work them out. To it's be a, it's a real odd one. We'd have to get Will White on the show for for <laughs> for, um, for, for rankings. Uh, Steve, very briefly, friendlies, yeah. your bag or not, or just depends on the game. What I like about this game, it's not really going to be a friendly, is it? England against Australia. For those who don't know, this these two nations in sporting uh, terms, whatever the sport is, they're going to go at it hammer and tongs. Um, you put it down on the itinerary sheet, that famous win Australia had here. I think it was in 2003. I remember that. And I, I actually felt awful because, I mean, as, as a keen cricketer myself, any loss to the Aussies in anything... <laughs> Even a friendly would annoy me. So this will not, I don't think this will be played friendly, which is good for us though, because we're going to, everyone's going to be up for it for the better odds. Um, One of the friendly we're going to look at USA versus Germany. Uh, James has got to play for us here. Um, Germany are the favorites. Now, if you've been taking on Germany and friendlies, you have been making some significant cash, but things have changed. uh, James, Germany are minus one, one, eight to win this game. Incidentally, USA are plus three fifty. They've been horrible uh, in friendlies, but, um, a change of of leadership and it's and it feels a little bit different, doesn't it? When it comes to Germany, just talk us through your play here and what's 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 different with Germany if people don't know. Yeah, change of manager at Germany. Uh, they had a, an interim manager actually for the last international get together. Rudy Fuller was in yes, charge, and, which and, was odd, wasn't it? Seeing which was odd, and they actually, you know, they did win, so they beat France uh, in a friendly two-one. So already you get a sense that maybe things on the back of that have improved mentally for Germany. Uh, Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann's in charge now. The new manager has been appointed. I, I don't actually think Dan, the change of manager makes Germany that much more likely to win this game because if you read some of the pre-match quotes coming out of the Germany camp, it does feel like they're going to experiment a little bit here. Um, I know they've called in some new faces into the squad uh, for this get-together. They've also recalled a couple of players. Matt Hummels is back in the squad here. And you know some of the quotes about we're going to try as many players as we can, we're going to look at a few different things. So I think things are going to improve for them going forward, but not necessarily here in terms of the result. Um, so I wouldn't be back in Germany myself here at minus, minus 118, you know, that sort of price they are. So instead, I'm looking at the goals here. Um, my pick on the game is both teams to score, which was available at minus 115. That has also shortened. It's now more like 100, minus 150, something like that. So there's big price movement yeah. there. You can also have a look at maybe over two and a half goals here, which is a slightly better price at minus 130, minus 136, something like that. But a lot of my thinking here, Dan, is on the historic stats uh, with Germany. When I say historic, I mean, look, just looking back over the last 12 months, really. But in the 10 games uh, since the start of the World Cup in Qatar uh, last year that Germany have played, they've conceded in nine of those matches. And across those 10 games, they've conceded 19 goals in total. So they've been conceding nearly two goals a game. And I don't personally think we're going to see an immediate improvement in the German defending just on the back of the change of manager. So I think what that does is it gives the United States a great chance of getting on the score sheet here. I think Germany will have a great chance of getting on the score sheet as well because they showed some good attacking quality, actually, in that game against France Last time out, and the players will obviously be keen to impress going forward under the new manager. So 
I think over goals here, if you're going to go on the over-under market, is worth looking at. Well, the both teams to score, even though it's got shorter, I still think is worth considering. Just one other shout out on this game. If you're looking for a player market, I would have a look at Balogun of the United States to get on the score sheet. Uh, because he goes into this game in really good form at club level. Steve and I have obviously been watching a lot of uh, following Balogun playing for Monaco in France. He's joined them this summer from Arsenal, big money move, and he's got three goals in five appearances so far for Monaco. He's scoring at a rate of a goal every 90 minutes. He's Do you think they'll the put, let him uh, go on penalty taking duty, James? I don't know. He missed two in a game recently. That's what Steve's <laughs> referencing there. So it'll be a brave move if he does. But, you know, fair to Balogun. He bounced back, didn't he, really well, Steve, yeah, in terms did. of his he contributions did. in open play. Um, so he's kind of got over it. I don't know if they will put him on penalties. But on the player markets, I think he's worth looking at because he's plus 240. Uh, to score any time in this game if he starts. Now, obviously, friendlies, we don't know who's going to start in the in the teams, but if he's in the starting lineup, I'd have a look at him. So for me, this is all about goals going high, going both teams to score or potentially back in Balogun to get on the score sheet for the States. Okay, we've got one lean before we get your best bets. We think it's a lean. Steve, is it a lean? You've had the show to it's decide gonna be if a it's pick. a lean or an It's going to be a pick. It's going to be a pick. We'll, we'll, have, we'll, have to, we'll have to tell Joe to get it on the PL, PL. So, official pick. Come on, what is this one? This is We're back it's to Euro qualifiers. Yeah, we are. It's an under. And I have a history. The only time I really tip under is on, is on these international shows. I nearly went under in the Andorra versus Kosovo game. But I'm instead, Faroe Islands against Poland. Under 2.5, it is now minus money, minus 102. And I think it's going to shorten even more because what everyone's got to remember here is that Robert Lewandowski is ruled out. He's out for a month and that is a massive blow for Poland. Think about it. This record goal scorer, um, you take him out of your team. It's a massive problem. Poland are in huge trouble in this group, by the way. They've got to just get through this game and then Moldova and then get him back for the big fixtures against Czech Republic and Albania. In November, um, they're away against the Faroe Islands. Just one thing to say about the, the Faroes: they're a really, really proud football, uh, soccer nation. They're actually soccer mad. Um, would you believe they're not very good, at, unfortunately, at the game? But they will just fight hammer and tong, no matter what the position they are in the group. They'll play for the nil-nil, and just like the the, the, the team in Europe is at the moment, Ki, and uh, they're going to park double-decker buses here in Poland. I mean, where are they going to get a goal from? I mean, they will probably find a way to win the game, but I'm thinking 1-0 here, 2-0 max. And that's all they need. Just get out of here with the three points. So under 2.5, um, I'd much rather take that than the plus 1.5 handicap because you've got the 2-0 exact win on your side. But th- without Lewandowski, I, I think this Poland um, team is going to really struggle to um, to score goals down. Uh, that's 2.45 Eastern on Thursday, incidentally. And the USA friendly, I'm sure that all our stateside viewers know uh, it is on Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern. Best bets before we wrap up. Uh, Steve, what's your best bet of uh, the selections that you've put over the course of the last half an hour? I'm going with Cyprus, Norway over 2.75. I just think Cyprus are so bad that Norway can take them to the cleaners. Uh, and James? I'm going to go with France on the Asian handicap, Dan. France zero, Asian handicap, very short odds, as I say now, but I'm sticking with the zero uh, on the Asian handicap. A couple of best bets for you there. That wraps up Betting Weekly Extra Time International Edition. Plenty 
uh, to go out globally. We're going to be back ahead of the next round of games as well uh, across the planet. We're going to try and focus on the Tuesday games with recording times a little bit tight and trying to get the results from the weekend in as well. Uh, don't forget, plenty of in-play action as well. Watch out for the price changes between now and kickoff and again for those second set of games as well. That's my key takeaway from chatting with the boys over the course of the last half an hour. Many thanks to Steve uh, and to James from all of us for now on the international show. It's goodbye. <laughs>